The Spectator magazine combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, plus a £20 Amazon gift voucher, absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk forward slash voucher. and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. The Deputy Prime Minister Dominic Raab took to the TV studios this morning after another turbulent week for the government. Perhaps the most pressing issue on the agenda is deciphering the motives of Vladimir Putin as a reported 100,000 Russian troops envelop Ukraine's eastern border. Trevor Phillips asked Rob what was being done in the West to try and face down Putin as the icy Ukrainian winter threatens to heat up. We uh, wouldn't telegraph all of the measures that we would take, but it's important that this very clear message, not just from the UK, but from all NATO and other uh, interested uh, countries around the world who want to uphold the rule of law, that there'll be very serious, severe economic consequences. And of course, Ukraine will defend itself. Like what? Well, it will obviously involve a range of financial and economic sanctions. Uh, we wouldn't telegraph those in, in advance. But what you can rest assured uh, is that the Foreign Secretary, the Foreign Office uh, and the Defence Secretary will be liaising with all of our partners, engaging, and we have been doing so uh, for many months, to make sure um, uh, that the response is robust and concerted. At the same time, of course, what we really want is to get this message so clearly to Moscow that President Putin walks away from the brink. That is the off-ramp uh, that we would all like to see. But let, let's, be, let's be concrete. What, what actually would you do? For example, Swiss bank accounts. Well, as I said, I, I, I can give you the, the, the areas. I'm not going to go into all the details, not only because that's counterproductive. But, OK, would that be one area? We would look at... The personal interests of Vladimir Putin and his friends in the Kremlin. Well, we already have, and you'll remember I introduced the Magnitsky sanctions to allow asset freezes and visa bans to be imposed not just for human rights abuses, but also for severe corruption. All the tools at our disposal, whether it's sectoral, financial, economic sanctions, but also individual targeted sanctions, uh, are up for, are on the table. And of course, we, we, the, the, the two things that the Kremlin care about are, would they get locked into a quagmire in Ukraine? I think there's a very serious risk of that. But also, will they suffer an economic price? And, and of course, things like Nord Stream 2 and what the Europeans are willing to do on that is going to be critically important. Nord Stream is in the hands of the, the Germans, and we don't know what they'll do. But I, I, I'm very interested in this point about... Um, the Swiss, and uh, we know about Magnitsky. But would you be prepared, for example, to make the case for the Russians to be locked out of the international banking system? Well, I certainly think financial sanctions, properly, properly targeted and done in concert with our major partners, is something that we would readily look at. So-called Partygate has already wrought considerable damage on the Prime Minister's reputation, and there may yet be more stark consequences to come. Sophie Rayworth challenged Raab over Boris Johnson's precarious position. Let's move forward to the end of next week. Yes. Could you be Prime Minister? No, the, um, uh, it's a kind offer, Sophie, but uh, no. Look, the, the reality is Sue Gray will report on the issues around um, uh, number 10. We take them very seriously, understand the frustration people feel, um, but it's right that they're investigated uh, by um, Sue Gray properly and that there's that due process and transparency. I would also say that amidst all of this, we had two big 
things this week. Um, the success of the vaccine booster rollout. Well, I think it's fair because Absolutely, people are saying no, that the government has lost its way. And on the two biggest issues facing the country, and I think people across the country, the booster, the, the, the vaccine booster uh, rollout is at such a level that not only have okay. we protected the country, but we can you, come what, out, what we can come out of lockdown, we and have, we have the fastest growing economy in the no, we, And we know that, and you have told us well, repeatedly. Well, actually, we, we haven't got a lot of time to explain those points, know, and I think it's we've fair. We've talked a lot about the booster, booster campaign. Um, what we want to know, and what people do want to know, we've got Sue Gray's report, Yep. expected this week. Are you preparing for a vote of no confidence? Look, the, I can tell you this week, uh, with everything that's gone on, uh, I was at Prime Minister's questions, I think there was, uh, particularly what Christian Wakeford did, there was a rallying of support behind the Prime Minister. Uh, you could feel it in the chamber. And I think the reason is because the booster campaign has been so successful. We're coming out of the lockdown measures. We're moving from Plan B, uh, opening up the economy. We've got the fastest growing economy in the G7. Are you preparing? Wages are rising. Unemployment is coming down. And these are all because of the calls the Prime Minister made. And actually, if you look Look at both of those vaccines. If we'd have listened to Keir Starmer, we'd be pegged to the EU scheme. We wouldn't have had the success we've had. If we'd have listened to him in July, he said coming out of lockdown was reckless. Actually, we wouldn't have unemployment going down, wages rising. And still, On the big and still, calls, and this prime minister has got it right. Okay, but it is uh, his position has never been quite so perilous in the whole of his leadership. Sue Gray's report comes out this week. Are you going to publish it in full? The, uh, quite the, the way uh, the process for it um, will be for the Prime Minister to decide, but he has been clear... It needs to be published he, in full, doesn't it, been, for people to see what the, the actual findings, facts were. The, the, the substance of the findings will be, there'll be full transparency. Indeed, he has said he'll come back to the House of Commons and make a statement, so there'll be full scrutiny. Rayworth also raised an allegation made by the Conservative MP Nusrat Ghani that she had been sacked from her job as a whip in 2020 because she was a Muslim. The allegations that she's making are very, very serious. I mean, she says, I was told at the reshuffle meeting in Downing Street, Muslimness was raised as an issue. My Muslim woman minister status was making colleagues uncomfortable. There were concerns that I wasn't loyal to the parties. I didn't do enough to defend the party against Islamophobia allegations. Look, very serious uh, uh, points being made, uh, claims being made. But all I can say is, first of all, the chief whip has come out publicly. I mean, it's quite extraordinary in my time in politics to see him come out and say, actually, this is a conversation that was had with me and it is categorically untrue and indeed defamatory. And at the same time, you've got Nadim Zahawi, who's come out and said that this needs to be investigated properly. And, and I think that's right. And we all feel moral support for anyone who has been uh, subject to any kind of discriminatory treatment. But I think uh, Nadim is right. But of course, what the chief whip is saying is that uh, uh, Nuz was uh, invited to make a formal complaint. And that is the way it will be investigated. And she has not made a formal complaint. So do you, complaint. Do you think, why would, she, why would she make it up then? I mean, if I it has not happened? I can't answer that. All I'm trying to give you uh, a very clear account of what the chief whip has said in response. And also, critically, the mechanism to make sure any serious allegation like this can and should be. And we would invite, and I would say, if Inez uh, wishes to do so, she should make a formal complaint so it can be properly investigated. And, and in fairness, the chief whip made that point to her back in 2020. Should, this, should there be an investigation into this, because it is very clear that nobody quite knows what has happened and yeah, what hasn't. And, and, and that's right, and the, these things should never just be played out in this so way. So should there be the investigation? Media. Well, well I, I believe actions, a claim like this, as serious as this, should, but it can only happen if the person making the complaint makes a formal uh, makes it formally, that's when the procedures kick in. And just to be clear about this, that uh, advice was given to NAS back in 2020. 
The Shadow Attorney General Emily Thornbury joined Trevor Phillips, who asked for her analysis of the situation in Ukraine. I think that what's really important is, and Putin knows this, he has an absolute nose for it, is that we have to be completely unified on this. We have to be strong and we have to be unified, whether it's within NATO, our surrounding allies, and we have to play our part as the opposition also in making sure that in Britain we stand unified against this threat. Because in the end, we, Putin will take advantage of any disunity and any weakness that we show. So yes, we stand with the government on this. We think that uh, we absolutely need to. This uh, It is outrageous, the threats that uh, Putin is making, the claims that he's trying to make in terms of telling Ukraine what it should do in the future. And we need to stand up to it. But I tell you what I think also is... I don't think that we use sanctions as well as we could do. Oh. I think that we could be much more imaginative in the way that we do. There are many. There is a new generation of sanctions out there, which, to be honest, the previous for example, sitting it. Well, there's a there's a power, for example, to go for 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 wealth that can't be explained, unexplained wealth. And there are many Russian citizens in Britain at the moment who have unexplained wealth. You know, we ought to be much stronger on that. We ought to be much stronger when it comes to making sure that party donations are completely tight. We have to make sure that that uh, anybody in the House of Commons or in the Lords who are sitting on any foreign companies ought to be on any foreign company boards ought to be or to have that in the register of, of interest. There's a whole lot of things that we could do in terms of tightening up potential influence in Britain, but also making sure that we are not the laundering capital of the world. Nicola Sturgeon defended her government's decision to deploy vaccine passports as part of Scotland's COVID strategy. Just talking about vaccine passports, though, because uh, one of those, the impact that those has had, they have had, Gavin Stevenson from the Nighttime Industries Association says that they've had devastating consequences for a substantial proportion of businesses. And your government's own evidence on the scheme says it doesn't, says it doesn't say it reduces transmission, says there was only a very slight increase in vaccine uptake because of them. Well, look, Scotland right now is the most vaccinated part of the UK. Our vaccine rates are higher than all of the other three UK nations, although all are high uh, in terms of first, second, third and booster doses. So, you know, we've had real success in that. Um, I don't underplay the impact of any of these measures on businesses. But if you take nightclubs, the nighttime industry, checking people's COVID certification, uh, I think, is a better alternative to these places being closed. It means that they're open uh, as of tomorrow and, and trading again. And nightclubs, it's a long, long time since I was in a nightclub, Sophie, but, you know, checks for different things that are not unheard of. We have big sporting events uh, which have been able to have spectators in again uh, for the last number of days, checking uh, COVID passes, uh, and that is not causing anybody any real well, hardship the Scottish, and many the Scottish of government's the concerns and itself, fears we the, had about... The Scottish Government's evidence itself says business organisations have reported negative economic consequences in terms of footfall and revenues, along with staffing difficulties because of them. Are you going to bring COVID passports to an end or not? Well, eventually, yes, I hope. But, uh, When's and, eventually? Uh, more than hope. Of course they will come to... Well, look, Sophie, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you a date for that because I would literally be making it up and finally, Vadim Pristiko, the Ukrainian ambassador to the UK, had a very direct message concerning the gravity of his country's situation. Do you and the Ukrainian government genuinely think that Mr Putin will invade the Ukraine? 
we don't just think that he would. He, as you mentioned rightly, and not many people, by the way, remember that he is already there. He is already in Ukraine for all this almost eight years. Yeah, so there is Ukraine, not, yeah. A, yeah, there is not big news for us. The issue is how much he would bring up with. Is it full scale invasion, or it is, as was mentioned, discussed many, many times, smaller things just, you know, to annoy us and the rest of the world, to show his strength and believe that we will back, back down? Is Ukraine uh, prepared to fight militarily? Very unfortunately, we are prepared to fight. We are, we are gathering the forces. We have times more than Russians are now keeping into our border, but again, we are not that well equipped to, for the prolonged fight with Russians. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman, and this podcast was produced by Matthew Taylor. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffeehouse Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily evening blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week. <laughs>